Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey everybody, welcome to God Mode. So glad that you could join us this week. I mean, who's ready for an encouraging word from God today? I mean, with so much negativity, so much hard news, I'm so thankful for God's word that it's living and acting and it wants to speak to us today. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but everyone that you come across is facing some type of battle in their life. Just about everybody that you encounter is often going through something that may not be obvious from the outside, but they're facing a battle on the inside. It's like a guy I met long time ago, Scott, that I met years ago, and Scott was one of the nicest, most easygoing guys that I'd ever come across. And that's why I was completely shocked when we were having a private conversation in my office and Scott told me that he had concluded that it was best for him to take his life. He went on to tell me about the ongoing anxiety that he felt, the depression that he fought, and that he was just tired of being alone and hurting, and he thought the best solution would be for him to take his life. You know, when I was a very young pastor, wasn't experienced in this type of situation, you know, so I immediately just prayed a shotgun prayer like, God, just help me. Give me the words to say. I don't know what to say. God, help me in this moment. And at that moment, I felt like I was prompted by God to do something that I've only done one time, only in that situation, never before, never again. But at that moment, I just looked at Scott and I saw so many good things about him. And I took out a notepad and I said, I believe you're supposed to give me 100 reasons. A hundred reasons why your life matters. A hundred reasons why you should live. A hundred reasons to be encouraged. Give me some reasons and I'm going to write them down. And he just looked at me hopelessless and he said, there's no reason. I can't think of one single one. And I said, no, tell me something good about yourself. And he said, uh, he kind of, well, I'm a pretty good writer. And he was a pretty good writer. So I wrote it down. You're a good writer. So tell me something else. And he looked at me kind of just deadpanned and he said, I'm funny. And I thought, I've never noticed that before. But <laughs> since you're in this state, I'm going to not going to argue with you. I mean, you're yeah, you're funny. I said, give me something else. He said, I look a lot like Robert Redford. He didn't look anything like Robert Redford. I said, oh, you're funny. And I wrote that down. Do you look like Robert Redford? On about number seven or eight, he started to kind of have a little bit of a breakthrough. Instead of feeling heavy and like there was no reason to live, he started to kind of almost smile and started giving me more reasons. He said, well, my sister says that I'm really faithful. My boss says that I'm really, really hard worker. He pulled out some random ones. He said, I, I still have a full head of hair and, and stuff like that. And before long, we hit about 20, 22, 25. 
And he just started crying and saying thing after thing, reason after reason, why his life was valuable and why he should be encouraged enough to go on. We listed 100 reasons on the front and back of a yellow notepad, and then we prayed, and I asked God to put these reasons on his heart that he would know that he could be encouraged by a God who was with him and a God who loves him and a God who has given him so many reasons to live. And I folded up the little piece of paper and I gave it to him, and I believed that God was going to do something special. You know, I lost track of Scott. He had moved, and one day I got through preaching, and one time I looked out, and lo and behold, Scott, who had moved away, came back to church to say hello. This time he wasn't alone. He had his new wife and a little son walking with him. And when I saw him, man, we just hugged like the old days. And remember when you could hug? I mean, we just hugged and embraced each other. And he said, this is my wife and this is my son. And I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. And then he just said to me, he said, you remember that time in your office? And I'm like, oh, man, I'll never forget that time in my office. He said, that saved my life. And I asked him, I said, do you still have that yellow notebook, you know, piece of paper? And he smiled really big and he reached back into his wallet. He opened it up and he pulled it out. And he said, I've carried this with me all the time, everywhere. This completely saved my life. Then he handed it to me and he said, I want you to have it. And I'm like, no, 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 this is yours. And he looked at me and he said, remember the prayer you prayed? He said, I no longer need to read it on paper because those hundred reasons are now in my heart. And then we hugged some more and it was real sappy and I I loved every minute of it. And I hope that you'll embrace that you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You have no idea how God could use you to offer someone hope, to build someone's faith. You have no idea what our God might do through a single word of encouragement. And that's why today's message is titled 100 Reasons to be Encouraged. Because every one of you you see is facing a battle that you know nothing about. And I don't know about you, but there's so much negativity in the world today. I can't open up social media feed without being discouraged. I can't read a news app without just being depressed. I can't talk to people with all the heartbreaking news in the world without being disheartened. And so many people in a polarized world can be so incredibly critical, so undeniably hateful. And I think it's time that we as believers stepped in and lift others, bring words of hope, bring words of encouragement. I don't need any friends like Job had. You know, guys like, you know about Job's friend, right? You know how his story was. Those of you who may not be like Bible people in the Old Testament, there's this guy named Job, and he he was a really good man, a godly man. And the enemy, Satan, attacked Job and robbed him of more than you could ever imagine. You know what his friends did? His friends got up into his business, and they're like, it's your fault. You deserve it. You're going through this because of your sin. Negative, 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 negative. I mean, there's enough people like that in the world today. And I love how Job responded to them in Job 16 too. He said, I've heard all this before. And then he said, what miserable comforters you are. I mean, if you have friends like that, you just want to say, you're not the best comforter. I mean, 
when, I, when I'm done right now, what miserable comforters you are. And then he says this, and I would love to say this, but sometimes I want to keep it pastoral and say this, but if you ever strip the pastoralness away from me, there are people I want to say this to. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? I mean, what makes you keep on talking? I don't know. Is that too honest? I mean, you ever feel like that at all? Why do you keep, why do you just keep blowing hot air? He says this, I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spot off criticism and shake my head at you. But I love what he says. He says, but if it were me, I mean those words, if it were me, I would encourage you. If it were me, I'd speak words of life. I would try to take away your grief. If it were me, I'd try to encourage you. If it's possible at all, I would love to be the greatest voice of encouragement in your life on this side of heaven because the words we speak are filled with power. Our words can build up and our words can crush. In fact, scripture says in Proverbs 18, 21, that the tongue has the power of life and death. I want my words to build your faith, to strengthen your confidence, to believe that God is for you, that he's with you, that he'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you. He's working in you. If it were up to me, I would encourage you and build your faith because everyone you see is facing a battle that you don't know anything about. Maybe but that's why the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews 3.13, it's such a power-packed verse. The author said, encourage one another. That he didn't say this every now and then. He didn't say encourage one another whenever the Spirit prompts you. What he said was encourage one another. How often? He said encourage another one another daily. Now that's a lot of encouragement. Why do you encourage one another daily? You encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does sin do? Sin lies, sin distracts, sin destroys, sin tears down. Sin tells you what you don't have. Sin tells you you can never be happy. Sin tells you you won't measure up. I don't know about you, but I face discouragement sometimes a lot, almost every single day. I mean, there are voices in my head that say, you're not going to measure up. You're not going to be good enough. You can't get it all done. There's not a day that goes by that I don't experience discouragement or negative voices sometimes in my mind. Therefore, because I need encouragement, I will freely give it. Because I need it, I assume you probably need it too. Therefore, we'll encourage one another daily, 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 as long as it's called today. So we're not distracted by sin's deceitfulness. Now, when I talk about being encouraged, here's what I know some of you are going to say immediately. You're going to say, well, I'm just not a naturally gifted at it. I'm not really good at encouraging others. It's it's not a natural gift. And I would say to you, neither was walking when you were a little baby, right? You weren't good at, at first, but somewhere along the way, you took a step and became a drunk Frankenstein, right? And a couple of times you fell, and when you got back up, you learned how to walk. One of the most valuable tools you can learn, a gift to give to those around you, 
is to have the gift of encouragement. Learn how to do it. Make it a priority. You want to learn how to do it? I give you the most simple rule that is a game changer in the world of encouragement. The most simple rule is this. If you think something good, say it. If you think something good, express it. The moment you think anything positive about someone else, text them, call them. I mean, those mobile devices, you can still make a call on them. I don't know if you know that or not, but you can. Reach out to someone. Write a note. Tell them. Express your love, your encouragement. The moment you think that something is good, say it, spray it, show it, express it. Why in the world would you ever rob someone from a blessing that goes unexpressed? One of the best things that you can do for your relationships, if you're married, if you have children, if you're a leader or an influencer at work, if you have someone around you, bless them with the words of encouragement. Set the blessing free. In fact, I have a rule in my own mind, and evidently some people think this rule is unreasonable, but in my mind, I know every now and then I'm going to say something that may not be helpful. I may be critical. My goal, honest to goodness, is to say encouraging words for every word that I may feel criticism. A lot of you would say, well, that's impossible. I mean, you don't know who I'm married to. That would be unreasonable to ask. But Paul says this, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only words helpful for building others up. That's not 100 to 1, that's 100 to none. Think about how different your relationships could be the faith of people around you, if every time you thought something good, you set it free to bless them. A hundred positive words of encouragement. Listen, I don't know about you, but with my children, I'd rather hear them a hundred times when I, what I see in them than what I believe in them, how I'm for them, where they're winning instead of hearing me pick them apart for what they're doing wrong. I want to instill spiritual confidence of how I see the work of God in them, not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but building others up. If it were up to me, I would be full of encouragement because everyone you see is battling that you don't know nothing about. This can change and revolutionize your marriage. Those of you who are not married yet or hope to be one day, listen, if you build up your spouse, it's a complete game changer. I'm able to do what I'm able to do because my wife believes in me. She tells me and she'll show me. I mean, one of the bigger complaints I hear from Christian women is, my husband ain't no spiritual leader. Well, funny is she'll say it right in front of him. I mean, you think that's going to encourage him to be more full of faith? No, he's going to take his ball and go home because he feels like he can't win. What I would say is anytime, every time he does anything that is remotely spiritual, you celebrate it like crazy. All he has to do is say, hey, let's watch church online. And you just look at him and go, oh, I feel so close to you when you say that. I mean, you do it. You do that. Do it. If he says a prayer and it's only a prayer he's ever prayed and it's a bad prayer, but he tried, he's praying over a Thanksgiving meal. God bless the food. Amen. You just look at him and say, I love it when you pray like that. I don't know. Stick your tongue in his ear and tell him you're celebrating prayer. I mean, you're going to have the most praying guy you've ever seen in your life. You build him up. You guys are, I mean, I can tell you right now, you encourage what you see and you will typically see 
more of it. If it were up to me, I would be so encouraged. If you think of something good, say it. If you think of something good, say it. In a world of so much criticism, so much hatred, so much disappointment, negativity, as people of the light, we lift others up around us. I don't know about you, but since everyone is facing a battle that you know nothing of, that probably includes you. That would include me right now. Some of us, we can be facing some disencouragement to the point in the back of my mind, you almost won't let it go. I found that sometimes the person that needs the most encouragement is often me. And you might find the person that needs the most encouragement at times would be you. Because so often people may look at you and think, man, you got it all together. And you're smiling on the outside, but you're often hurting on the inside. You may be like a lot of people who look really, really confident. But the truth is that there's a part of you that are indescribably insecure. When others look at you, you look like you've got it all together. But they have no idea privately at home. You're feeling like you're falling completely apart. Sometimes the person that really needs to be encouraged is you. And I want to show you the portion of scripture that really speaks to me and builds my faith and equips, really equips me to do just that. It's found in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 30. And to give you the context, David, if you remember David, he was a valiant warrior and king of Israel and his army arrived to their home in Zilkalag and the enemies had burned their entire city to the ground. It was left in ruins. And if, imagine this, you come back with your troops, your men, and your wives and your children have been kidnapped, taken away, and your homes burned to the ground. So here's the picture. The city's burned. The families are gone. And what do the men do? The men blamed David. And all of a sudden, they're all crying. They're all wailing. And the men decide it's David's fault. We're going to make him pay and we're going to put him to death. That's exactly what we see potentially happening in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Now, David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began talking of stoning him. But what did David do? Scripture says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. This phrase, found strength, comes from a Hebrew word, kazak, which is spelled C-H-A-Z-A-Q, kazak. It means tell yourself to be strong. The Hebrew word implies that you're talking to yourself. In fact, that's probably why the King James Version translated it this way. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. He spoke to himself. He told himself of the faithfulness of God. He preached to himself about the goodness of God. He reminded himself of the provision of God. He built himself up in the things of God. When everything he saw with his eyes said hopelessness, when everything around him cried discouragement, he encouraged himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the things of faith. He encouraged himself in the things of the Lord. He got his kazak back. I mean, I I can't say that again. Okay, 
Some of you need to get your Krizak back. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. What happened after this in verse 8 says this, Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said to him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. When did this word of victory come? After David encouraged himself in the things of God. What do we know? We know that positive words are so difficult to remember and the negative ones are so difficult to forget. I mean, are you like this? I could have 10 people give me a compliment, say something, oh, we're so thankful, or oh, you've changed our life. And one person gets up to my business with criticism and the one thing that seems to take over. In fact, neurologists will tell you that about your brain, that your brain is almost predisposed to believe the negative immediately. It takes a full 15 seconds of focusing on anything positive before you even start to believe it. It's so difficult to remember something positive, but it's so difficult to forget something that's negative. That's why what we say to ourselves matters more than you can imagine. Your self-talk. Are they words of life and words of faith? Or are they words of death and words of hopelessness? David encouraged himself. He talked to himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the Lord. In fact, to me, it's so proudly personal when you just even read through the Psalms and you read the words of David. It's like reading his own private journal. It's like getting a glimpse into his own inner dialogue. Three different times, David talked to himself and said the exact thing. Three different places in scripture, David asked himself, Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why are you hurting? Why are you so low? Why are you so down? Why are you so depressed? You know, somebody listening, you may want to ask yourself that. Why do you feel so disconnected? Why are you battling with anxiety? Why has fear overwhelmed you when you know you're called to be a person of faith? And David preached to himself, Why so downcast, O my soul? And then he encourages himself and says, Put your hope in the Lord. Why are you depressed? Why are you down when you know the faithfulness, the goodness, the power, and the provision of God? Put your hope in God. Put your faith in God. Put your trust in God. He is always with you. He will never leave you. He is completely for you. Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. What David didn't say is he didn't say this. He didn't say, you got this, David. He didn't say, you have to, you have to take it on your own. No. David said, put your hope in God. Get your chazek back. Talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. Whenever you look on the news and say everything is coming to the end, this is the worst thing ever, we're never going to recover, go preach to yourself. God is my provider. God is my protector. God is good. He's all-powerful, ever-present. He knew this before it ever happened, and he's working all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When that voice says, you're screwed, your relationships are going to break down. You're never going to have anything meaningful. No, my God is working in me and I trust God is working in the people around me. 
Whenever you find yourself down, depressed, discouraged, and afraid, just like my friend Scott, write down 100 words to be encouraged, 100 reasons to keep your faith, to tell yourself no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. I am righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. My sins have been forgiven. I am redeemed. I am a child of the living God. I am the joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador of the Most High God. I am the highest ranking diplomat sent from God from heaven to represent the love of Jesus on this earth. You know, I am free from the power of sin and of death. I have the mind of Christ. I am filled with the very spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I am the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for me to do. My sins are completely forgiven. I am a new creation in Christ. My sinfulness has separated me as far as the east is from the west. I am called by God to be a light in this dark world. I am salt of this earth. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am the head. I am not the tail. I'm seated in the heavenly places with my Savior Jesus. My God has not given me a God of spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Why are people of faith walking around and acting like we've got no power? Get your chazak back. Preach to yourself. And because of what God did for us and because of who he is in us, and as far as I concerned to us, he will be the voice of encouragement. We'll be a voice of faith. You know, when the world seems polarized, we'll express love. We'll express grace. We'll stand for what's right. We'll stand for justice. We'll be people of faith, and they will know us by our love. If it were up to me, I'd be the biggest voice of encouragement you've ever seen this side of heaven. So what you're going through, and I would guess for some of you, it might be a heck of a lot. And I don't want little power statements to be insulting to you. I want the true power and the presence of God to be enough for you. Be encouraged. Our God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Our God understands your pain. His word is true. He's always faithful. His promises are for you. So when you're down, talk to yourself words of faith, words of life. And hey, with the people around you, every time you think of something good, you say it. You bless them. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to encourage those around me. So Father, we ask today that by the power of your word, you would encourage your church, God, I can only imagine in all the different parts of the world, all the different areas, you're moving and changing lives. Father, we thank you today that we, at times, no matter what we're going through, we need sometimes to get our chazic back and just preach to ourselves. I pray every person here today would, yes, they would be encouraged, they would be challenged and empowered by you today, Lord. Touch each of us. Keep us to stay positive. Help us to be the words of encouragement for another person because you never know the life you could change or the life you could save. God bless you. We'll see you next week on God Mode. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com. God steps upon the scene. God can fix everyone and any in between. He said Jesus to shed his blood to intervene. He took your dirty lunch so you could be clean. Do y'all understand what I mean? You got to have faith unseen. Through Christ I can do all things. Now bring it to the altar, see what I mean. Deliver me.